unwritten rules of Facebook. It cut all of our ad costs by over 70%. How do you want to be able to take in all of this data that's around us? Some of these campaigns have done up to $20 million in sales. I think this is going to be the future for the next 10 years. And now here is The Win with your hostess, serial entrepreneur, marketeer, and chief sexy boss, Heather Havenwood. Look, our whole world revolves around our iPhone, iPad, Droid. You know they say we look at our phones on average 150 times a day? And if you're a small business and want to actually grow, you need to reach people where they're looking at and listening the most, their smartphones. See, marketing via text messaging is a great way to start and it's super easy. Just text the word START to 72000 to learn more about my friends at Mobit. They're marketing experts and they will show you how to use text messaging for your business and to get more leads and convert them amazingly. Again, text the word START to 72000. Again, that's text the word START, S-T-A-R-T, to 72000. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Havenwood, a place that you can learn to expand your mind, money, marketing, and everything in between. And I'm excited today to have someone on the phone that I actually got interviewed on his show, and he actually helped me create the my name of my show. So he's a pretty cool stud dude, and he's in Canada. Hey, Mark. Are you in the line? Hey, I am here. How are you doing? How you doing? I love your accent. I've always yeah. accent. It's kind of sexy. So yeah, um, I've never heard Canadian accents be called sexy, but you know, they are. I guess some people like a and a boot and, and all a that. And yeah. a. Well, you know, we love Canada up there from the United States. You know, you guys hang out with us. We're fun. You guys are fun. We kind of like, you know, let you guys hang around. That's what we call Canada. We let you guys hang around. Um, but here's the deal. So who's Mark? Who is Mark? If you don't know who he is, he is, uh, wow, he's extraordinary, but he's on a mission to help coaches build stronger businesses. That's what we're going to talk about today is how do coaches really build a business? He's also a lifelong entrepreneur. He achieves this with his podcast, Natural Born Coaches, which I've been on. And his coaching programs with his popular Facebook group, quote, The Coaching Jungle, which it really is. The Coaching Jungle is definitely out there. He frequently makes media appearances and is a contributor for entrepreneur.com. You can learn more about Mark at Natural Board Coaches. So the first thing I want people to know about you is you're the name of your podcast. You and I had this amazing conversation. We're talking about it real quickly about how you came up with your name, which I found fascinating and someone that from someone who's constantly creating stuff and then thinking of like, oh crap, what am I going to call it? What was your little way of figuring out natural born coaches? Do you mind sharing? Sure. Well, when I decided to launch a podcast, I did what everybody does. And you know, you get the yellow legal pad out, you just start scratching names and you think, oh, maybe that's not, that's, you know, that's not good. And I I was getting really frustrated because any name that I did like, I would check and there would be maybe not a podcast with that name, but there'd be a coaching website with something similar. And I didn't want, you know what it's like, you don't want the confusion. So I threw my hands up. I said, you know what, I'm just going to just bounce some ideas around. And I went to the uh, billboard 
Billboard charts, you know, for the top music hits for the year and and uh, look through from 2014, because that's when I launched the show, went all the way back from the top, whatever, 100 songs of every year from 2014 back to 1990. And I was inserting my keyword or keywords into the, each of the titles. Uh, so mine being coaches or coaching, I knew I wanted something, you know, with the, with that word in there. And uh, I plugged it into a bunch of songs and nothing was working. So I had some really horrible names that were on the list. For example, New Coaches on the Block um, was one of them. Oh, <laughs> my, I, God. oh my gosh, that would I know, be awesome. I, know. I love that. Yeah, and I actually had that domain. It's now available. It's out in the wilderness if anyone wants to grab it. I know it's a real hot domain there. I should have, you know, kept it and tried to sell it for a million bucks. But yeah, it was pretty lame. New coach on the block. So nothing worked for songs for um, bands and and musicians and stuff like that. So I said, okay, I'm going to go to movies. And I started with 2014 and worked my way all the way back down. And by the time I got into the 90s, I was getting pretty frustrated because I just wasn't seeing anything. And I got down to um, Natural Born Killers, Oliver Stone's, you know, great movie with Woody Harrelson and, and uh, stuff. And and I inserted coaches in there, Natural Born Coaches. I'm like, oh, that, you know, hey, that actually works. It fits what I'm trying to do. And, and a lot of people feel they're Natural Born Coaches. So it just kind of rolled off the tongue. So I grabbed that one. And that's how I did it. So sometimes when you're trying to come up with names, it helps to do some different things just to get the creative juices flowing. I haven't heard of any other people doing that, although I've, I've recommended people do it that way just to see what they can get going. No, well, I did. I mean, I took your advice. I did that. And I went. I, I did that myself, and I went back and I did movies because they're right. I mean, think about it. Hollywood. They're amazing at naming things. Yeah. Things that we can remember. They know how to name a movie, right? And yep. so it's it's Gone with the Wind. I mean, there's so <laughs> many out there. I, I think I remember that Gone with Entrepreneurs. Like, how do I did all kinds of things with entrepreneurship, and I ended up at the Win because it was like the simple, it's like the Win. And if you notice with movies, uh, it's very simple. Like the, the you know yep. born, I have Jason Bourne. I, I bought tickets for the new Jason Bourne movie, so I'm all excited. Born supremacy. I mean, it's like simple, right? Yep. So uh, Mission Impossible. Ta-da! Right. So then they build everything around that. Um, so I absolutely love that. I just wanted to get that out there and really give you massive credit. I actually use that technique. I'm in the middle of creating another course, and I'm like out there, like let's go back to the bill and just go back to that legal pad. So thank you for that, yeah. and I hope you guys take that on. So let's talk about why I brought you on today. This whole world of coaching. Now, I come from a marketing space. I don't come from my coaches' coaches space. You know, like the coaching coaching space. Uh. So, uh, but I consider myself a marketing coach. Um, and I feel like there's two spaces, like the marketing world, and then there's like the coaching world. Now. This is my view. I could be completely wrong. Feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But they have these different worlds of marketers sell stuff. And then coaches, like, they don't sell, right? Uh, they coach. It's a very different world. And then there's this, you got to marry both. You have to sell. So I want to have a conversation with you today about that. How to sell to on as a coach. Meaning, how do you get people on that, quote unquote, free free consultation or does that even work? Like how do you do it or how do you help other people do it? How do you, what's that transition? Hey, I'm a marketing coach. How do I get people on the line with me to make that conversion? How do you do it? It's well, it's, tri- it's tricky for a lot of coaches because yeah. there's a huge, I think, mindset block in the coaching world with a lot of coaches. Not Why, all of why them, is but- that? And I don't mean to interrupt you, but huh. why is that? 
Um, I think it's a lot of coach. Well, there's a few reasons, but a lot of people get into coaching are I've met. I've been surprised by the number of introverts um, who've say, for example, come on my show, people who admit, which I would have never thought they were, but they've admitted that they're introverts or they're empaths. You know, they're very sensitive people. They want to help people and stuff. And they, they sort of recoil a bit at selling because they think, oh, sales is icky. Now, me, I come from a real, real estate background, so you know what real estate's like because I know you, you've you Oh, yeah. Had you got to sell, 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 sell you, every you got to sell. If you don't sell, you don't eat, right? <laughs> so yeah, no. It, it was a little bit easier for me because I was used to it, but a lot of coaches come from – I've met a lot from teaching backgrounds, human resources, other places that they didn't have to sell, and a lot of them think, okay, I'm going to get into coaching and I'll be coaching 80 90% of the time. And then the other bit of time will be just tidying up the paperwork and doing a little bit of marketing, but most of the time will be spent coaching. And you know that it's actually flipped where you're spending 80% of your time marketing and trying to get clients and a minority of your time is actually spent coaching and doing that. I mean, it would be a perfect world if you didn't have to market and people came racing to you and you could just coach all day long. But um, I think you're right. You got to marry the two of them because if you can't sell, then you can't help and you're not going to stay in business. You could be the the best coach in the world if you can't sell your services no one's going to work with you they're not even going to know that you're out there yeah so. absolutely so that's really true i can see that from account like if they are in a guidance counselor counselor position or human resource you know people just come at you there is no you go at them and in real estate specifically you go at you know you 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 have to in a world i, I use it called the attack you're attacking mm. you're going out there you're fishing you're constantly fishing for the real estate, for the deal, for whatever. You're constantly fishing for the deal. So it is a different shift, I'm sure, as a, if they're like come from that space of guidance counselor or counseling or therapy or any of that space, introvert, and now now they have to go out to the what I call the defense, right, versus offense. Yes. So how do you – I mean, so let's talk about that. Like the, the – not the coaching business because there's all that about the coaching business. But let's just talk about a coach is like, I am now a coach. How do I market thyself mm. to get to a point where people will say, I raise my hand, I want to get on a phone call with you? That little piece is a big piece. Yeah. How do you do that? Well, a big problem is we're being bombarded by all these ads from, you know, the seven figure guys that you can make seven figures work in just a couple minutes a day. And, and yeah. uh, you could do it in a month if you pay me X amount. So they're seeing all these ads and they're thinking, okay, it's going to be easy, but you know what it's like. It's, I got a, my first year, especially coaching was just work, 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 and just crazy. Uh, when I look at the amount of effort put into it, but I think a lot of coaches don't realize that it, you're building a business like any business that you have to be patient. You have to put the effort in and you're probably not going to be compensated right in the early stages. I mean, it's just like real estate. My first six months of real estate, I was back then paid probably third world wages if I worked it out, you know, for the amount of hours and coaching is the same way. So coaches aren't doing the little, the consistent things like getting out there. They're staying, I say there's an imaginary line and that line they have to get over is where they're in front of people and getting their message out there and connecting with people. But most coaches are spending time behind the line when they're working on their logo, the banner for their website, they're getting the flyer together for whatever they're doing. And they're doing these little things setting up, but they're not actually getting out in front of people enough. And it's just little things like, uh, for me, a big thing for me to get going was posting in uh, Facebook groups. I mean, Facebook's kind of my preferred place, but other people prefer LinkedIn and some might be Twitter or whatever. But for me, it was just daily posting in groups that had um, my people in there and consistently. And it took some time, you know, it took 
you know, consistent daily posting, probably month or a couple months of to where people started to reach out to me. But most people, coaches will do it for a couple days. It doesn't work. They don't get a client. They say, oh, this is stupid. It's not working. So I'm not going to keep doing it. And they're just not consistent enough. Okay. So this is great, by the way. I love that going into groups and talking, but I, so I want you, and, and you, I didn't tell you I was going to do this. All right. Uh-oh. So brace yourself. Ready? Okay. Yeah, those are things you never want to hear on an interview. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you're prepared for this. It's okay. Yeah. I want you to coach me. This is a different kind of podcast. I want you to coach me. So me, right? I'm a marketing coach and yeah. I have a podcast. I've been out there as a guest over 100, 120 times. I lost count as a guest and podcast. I put myself out there. You see yeah. me, but I don't get a lot of people to raising their hands and say, I want to, co- want to yeah. coach. How do I, I mean, use me as a case study. I mean, I'm sitting over there. I'm putting myself out there all the time. It's not, people probably might be surprised. I'm being so open about this, but I am, I really want, I want you to tell me because I don't get a lot of people saying, Hey, you know, let me coach with you. There's a yeah. shift. Putting myself out there is one thing. I'm great at that. What the difference is is getting people to say, "I want to coach with you." That's the shift. Yeah. How, do, how, do, how do I how do I do that? Use me. Leverage. Well, it. well first with the podcast, um, the podcast is just one leg on the table. So a lot of people think, "Oh, I'll get a podcast going," and then that's where everyone will come from. The podcast helps when you're doing other things, and then they check you out. Oh, I want to know more about you know Heather Ann and see what she's doing, and then oh, cool, she's got a podcast. Then they're they're going further. It's giving you that instant credibility. Um, I'm cheating a little bit because I remember very um, specifically in our conversation on my podcast, you uh, you shared something that always stuck in my mind, and. You know, I won't go into the whole thing. We talked about niching, remember? You yeah. talked about uh, the Homer Simpson example where um, in a yeah. nutshell, basically you, you have to identify who your ideal target client is and you want to know everything about that person just like – even a casual watcher of The Simpsons knows Homer Simpson roughly how old he is, who he's married to, how many kids he has, what he does for work, how much he makes, where he spends his off hours drinking <laughs> drinking yeah. in a bar, and what he's drinking. We know Duff beer and so on. And it doesn't mean every single client is going to be exactly like um, Homer or whoever you identify, but it just gives you that um, a character that you're talking to. It's a lot easier when you're putting your messaging out there because now you're not just – throwing it out to 7 billion people in the world, you know, you can target it a lot better. But I would ask you, I'd say, okay, who's your target uh, client, Heather? Oh, my gosh. Besides Homer Simpson. Yeah, it's not Homer. <laughs> you know, this is a great question. So from my dating business, I'm very clear on that. We call him Bob. Um, I'm going to call my, you know, I haven't done this work with this particular the marketing client. Who I, here's the problem. I think it is um, I see, I've been going back and forth. If it's like a Jane or a Bob, I think it, I think it's a Jane meaning female male. Okay. It doesn't matter. Okay. Me. Yeah. So I think it's female. Okay. So it's a female person who, uh, has an idea or they've started it. They've made their first dollar. That's the key. They've made their first dollar in the thing, whatever the thing is. Hmm. Um, and then they're like, how do I make this into a business or how do I grow this business with online that's my client okay that's my client like you know so yeah so then the next step i would take with someone is okay well well a couple questions um 
where where are those people at and where do you enjoy so for uh, being so for example i'm not big on some social media networks like pinterest and instagram and stuff oh, i just yeah, don't no. resonate with them for me it's facebook maybe it's different yeah i know you're a facebook person but for some people it's, it's different ones but i would say okay uh, what where are you going to find them you got to make sure that the the fish are in the pond there and then also how are you going to connect with them so for me i enjoy writing i really love i do video and obviously podcasts and stuff but i really love writing so so for me, it was easy to get the message out there in, say, Facebook groups and other things because I enjoy writing. Some people may hate writing. They may be, may be more video. And if that's the case, then I say, okay, that's how you, you want to connect with people then if it's video. But only you could answer that question. But you have to make sure that it's something that resonates with you that you uh, to reach them. There's got to be something that you have as a vehicle to get there. So when I started, it was uh, the daily, I was doing my podcast daily at the time. It's now down to a lower frequency twice a week, but, um, I had the podcast and I had, uh, the posting in the Facebook groups. And now I do daily emails to my list. I've been doing that since April of this year. And I'm a big fan of that, but you have to have something. And most, most coaches don't have that consistent go-to thing. They just dabble with a bunch of different things instead of doing one thing really well. So let me ask you this. Do you put yourself out there and say, hey, I'm a coach and go check me out at, or is it like I contribute? If you want to work with me, here's how you can. What's the angle you take when you're going to the world of Facebook groups specifically? Let's just go there. Well, I had uh, Bob Berg on the podcast before, yeah. uh, you know, the, the go-giver and endless referrals and some great books. And Bob said something that stuck with me. He said, Mark, money is an echo of value. Of value. So basically, if you put enough value out there, it's going to be reflected in your wallet and in your bank account. And that's a hard truth for, uh, for some coaches to swallow. When I speak with them, they say, I've been doing this and it just it hasn't been working. And then we dig a little bit deeper and... I have to tell them, you, you know, there's a good chance you're not giving the value. You know, there's something disconnecting there. So a lot of coaches think, well, I'm going to share motivational uh, quotes or images on my wall or, you know, in groups or something. And that's all uh, that's good stuff. You know, don't get me wrong. I like motivational quotes and images, but you need a little bit more than that. So. I always tell them they have to get their own voice out there and they have to share stories, experiences, strategies, things that, that will help their target market as opposed to just sharing a quote from Tony Robbins or Oprah right. Winfrey or Maya Angelou 10 times a day. You know, if we want to hear that, we can get that all over the internet. I think it's interesting you said that there was a, a friend of mine, I'm, I wrote that down, money is an echo of value. Great mm. quote. And there's a friend of mine, Scott Garrison, years ago. Uh, when I when he first did this, this is like ten years ago. I was like, God, he is like an ego. He's got some serious. I was really negative all around it, but now I get it. So what he would do is, and like his emails and stuff like that, he would uh, quote himself, like something like that. Money is like, mm. you know, he would own his quotes. It's like, why not? Oprah does it. Everyone, yeah. Tony Robbins does it. Why not create that, right? Yeah. And so now I love that. It's like, why not quote yourself? Why not create a quote? That's like this is your value you add to the world and mark your, it's very different. If I get if I get a, a a Facebook post and it's from you, it's on you know it's in your wall and I see it on my feed and it says something that you said you know Mark mm. right. It's way more like oh okay I really like his value versus if I see something on your post and it's from Tony Robbins it's like eh, I mean yeah, I, I like it right. It's yeah. a little more disregarding because it's, I don't I'm not it doesn't. Uh, 
It doesn't bring me into your world. Maybe yeah. you said something. I'm like, oh, I really like that. Now all of a sudden I like Mark more. Like, oh, I really like Mark versus, oh, I like Tony. I mean, we all like Tony. You know, so I, I agree with that. But you could flip that if you really like the quote thing. It's like create your own quotes. Like create your own space and statements out there in the world. Now, I don't know if that's a value. I have no idea, but I just want to throw that out there. Well, yeah. One thing I do with clients, uh, I call it your last 10. And what I mean by that is you take a look at your last 10 posts and wherever it is for me, Facebook, some people might be LinkedIn, whatever, and look at your uh, last 10 posts and see what they are. And a lot of times when I'm speaking with a potential client, I look at their last 10 and nine or 10 out of the 10 are just other people's stuff. They're sharing a blog post from entrepreneur.com and they're sharing the quotes from the, the gurus and the other people. And I don't know anything about them. It's just, it's really hard to connect. Uh, another thing, I mean, there's a coach that I've known for a couple of years now and uh, she's been active in, you know, different communities. We're in the same communities and stuff. But I noticed uh, with her that I'd never seen her post a, uh, a picture or a video really of herself especially videos where I noticed it. And I, I said, why aren't you shooting any videos? And she's, she had um, like a ward or a zit on her chin or something, she said, <laughs> you know, um, and she was afraid, like conscious of that. But I said, I know you from doing different, you know, chats on Skype and stuff, but other people don't, you know, it's hard to connect if you're just sharing those image, motivational images and stuff. People want to see who they could be working with and there's a disconnect there. So I think that that's important as well as if, if you're, I know another coach who um, I've dealt with, great guy, very passionate with what he does, but for a couple different reasons, he doesn't want to have his face out there because he's got another job and uh, he doesn't want to have that complication he says but that makes it really difficult if if there's no picture people are like okay who is this you know yeah who is this guy <laughs> behind the randomness no i completely concur with that um that's the interesting part about connection you know i need uh, what's so funny is i'm look, listening thinking to myself i don't have it open but i'm like what are my last 10 posts <laughs> and uh yeah a lot of it is sharing other than yesterday i'm starting to do facebook live every uh, well, Wednesday yeah. at 12 Eastern, right? So I did, I've done two. Okay, right, I've done two. All right, I'm not like a master on it. Here's what I learned. So the first one I did, I think I had like one viewer, okay? But I had like over after the, you know, you do the, hmm. you do it and then you have so many viewers yeah. live and then you post and then you have views after that, okay? Uh, so I didn't really focus on who was listening at the time because like it's one person, okay? Hmm. Uh, but... Uh, I ended up doing like, I think it was 250 views at the end of the week. But yesterday, so yesterday it was different. So yesterday, I'm telling you this so you could learn from it. I'm telling you my lessons on my skin, knees, and broken eyes here, broken broken nose. As I uh, I did it, and there was like 15 people. I had 15 people that were live. But again, I didn't like start, go talk to them. It was like, oh, great. I'm glad you're here. But it was really about creating the content for me at the time. Now, yeah. well, I had one. I had a friend of mine go, "Why did you talk to us?" I'm like, "I don't know," because I want people to really look at the content like in a, a week from now and really get the content and get me. But maybe I'll open, be open to that. And I was scared there was only one person only talking to like my dog, you know. So <laughs> that was the other part. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing I learned: when you do Facebook Live on your on your cell phone, I was using. Uh, I put words on a piece of paper, okay, to like number one, number two, number three, like really simple. Um, but it's reversed, so people couldn't read it. Ah. 
And so people are Skyping me like, hey, <laughs> we can't read it. It's backwards. It's revert. You have to reverse it, reverse it. I'm like, how do you do that? So these are just things I've learned. But here's the question I have for you. Um, and, and so I'm like, well, it's out there. And people can't now reverse. They have to like listen, listen to it, not look at my little notes there. They're all backwards and reverse. Uh, so here's a question I have for you. So getting the connection out there is great. Posting more is great. Getting value. But again, that question, that's the question I have. How do you get people to say, yes, I want to get on the phone with you? Because in my experience, maybe this is my experience, in my experience, you know, people post and blah, blah, blah. But getting them to get on a phone call with me is like right. been challenging. How, how does, how do you do that? Well, people do have their backs up a bit because they're getting sold to so often nowadays, right? Yeah. So they're naturally skeptical. Oh, gee, why does Heather want to get on the phone with me? She's just going to try to sell me. I don't want to be sold. Uh, here's one thing I did. And uh, this isn't, um, scammy or sleazy or anything. This is providing value and then it's uh, reciprocal. So what I did was I would create a really high value resource, you know, PDF or something like that. One of them was a Udemy course. And then I would offer it to people and it was either in a group or it was on my personal wall where I've got a lot of my target clients on my personal list. And I would say, uh, guys, today I'm offering, um, try to think of an example. One PDF was how to get interviewed on podcasts. It was like a 10 page, you know, I put a lot of good stuff in there. So if you want to get on to more shows, uh, request this PDF, raise your hand, basically comment yes on this post. It was one of those and got a bunch of people, right? And then I sent it to each of those people and I followed up a couple days later, you know, hey, Heather, um, just checking in to see if you had a chance to read that PDF. Curious, what's your feedback on it? You know, and it starts a conversation. So I don't jump in there like a horny teenager and say, hey, Heather, um, you know, uh, how are you doing today? Can we hop on the phone, uh, phone there? I've got a pa coaching package for X thousands of dollars. I'd love to chat with you about, you know, cause you're just going to recoil and you're going to be turned off. Right. Right. But, um, right. <laughs> but if you've teenager. Received, <laughs> on prom night. Yeah, that's right. Um, but if, if you've received this PDF and it's good, you know, it's not garbage, you got lots of good stuff from it. Of course you're going to talk with me and then, you know, we're going to see, um, but one thing that I do when I get those conversations going, I think it's very important to get the conversation going. I'm not a big fan of doing these deep dive two, three hour coaching, free coaching sessions that I see a lot of coaches doing. And I know that there's some big names out there that recommend doing it. They say, mm -hmm. get out there and just coach your butt off and knock their socks off and they'll be so impressed that then they're going to hire you. In no. my experience, that's not the way to do it. My conversations with people are, you know, 30 minute ones uh, with their, where I'm not just giving them a bunch of stuff for free because what's that saying? You know, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? So you have to do them the right way. Well, it's one thing to get them on the, conversation you know on skype phone or whatever but then you have to also handle it properly after that so that's really awesome um i made the mistake i'm going to share a little story so uh god about it's almost been a year ago i got on the phone with the guy and that's what i did i the the free consultation became this like deep dive i mean i gave him so much that he got off the line and he was what i call full like he was like whoa yep. Like I, I got to go implement that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Oh shit. I coached myself out of the potential of a client, you yes. know? And that was like, Oh, it's a sales, it's a sales conversation. So let's talk about that. What I call one-on-one -on -one consultation call 30 minutes. What do you do? Is it just like, here's what we can offer. Here's what I do. Let's connect. And then just move into the pricing. What's your flow with my of that call? 
it's not that um, I don't give value uh, because I do give value. You know, I, I give suggestions. Maybe I recommend a book that they should definitely read. That you know, something pops up in, in the conversations with them. So I'm giving them something, but it's not like I've been on those calls too. I mean, I think every coach has where it's, it feels like an interrogation, like they're they're shining a light in your or a lamp in your face and just add firing question after question, and you feel like you've been picked over, right? Yeah. So I want to know a few things. I mean, I want to. Uh, make the connection and, and uh, let them know first that, hey, this is confidential, right? Because they may have never dealt with a coach before and they may be holding back. And once I say, look, every, what we're talking about today, I want to let you know this is confidential. I'm not sharing this anywhere. And I just want to ask you some questions and find out more about your goals, you know. And and then I want to find out where they're at and, and ask them what their, their goals are and what are their challenges. You know, they, they wouldn't be probably on the horn with you if they, there wasn't an interest there, a need, I guess. Uh, something that had to be filled or they wouldn't be wasting their time with it. So once we identify a challenge, I'm thinking, okay, what can I do? Well, first of all, can I help this person? Some people, it's not the right fit for whatever reason. So I'm not going to, you know, um, put, offer something out there. Then I'll just look at it as being, okay, that was a call, got to meet someone and, you know, hopefully I help them out some. But I, I don't do what I did when I first started coaching, and that was the uh, I call it the pulse test. If the person had a pulse, and hey, I'll take you on as a client, or if you could fog a mirror, hey, come on board, you know, we'll work together. <laughs> which is really bad. Um, I don't do that anymore. I actually just turned down a client today because I could tell he was a pain in the ass from our conversations, and he's haggling. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with this guy. And I said, look, it's not going to work out. Best of luck. And then he's surprised, like, what do you mean? You know, because he's probably not used to – some people think if you're offering money, then every coach is going to take it. And every coach isn't. You know, I don't yeah. hassle, you know. And I said, it's just not going to work and best of luck or whatever. And I think he was kind of surprised. No, that well, that's interesting. I've had that, actually had that too. I'm like, well, this is my – well, I'm like, you know, I don't have any money right now. I'm like, well, then we're not a fit. You know, yeah. like I don't, I don't, well, if you coach me for a while for free, no, I don't need to do that. Like I've been doing this for 15 freaking years. You're getting 15 years of marketing experience very quickly. Yeah. No, I meant like, well, no. this guy tried to uh, haggle with, uh, he said, I don't, you know, Mark, I don't need everything that I think you're going to be doing. So can we just do kind of parts of it and I'll pay you half um, of what you'd normally <laughs> Well, first of all, how the heck do you actually regulate that? Yeah, you know? how do you give and, half? Like, no, this It'd is be the same as if, uh, let's say you and I were working together and I said, here's the fee, Heather, and you paid and stuff. And then I come to you in a week and say, oh, Heather, I um, gave an extra suggestion on the last call. Remember I told you about that book? So I'm going to tack an extra 50 bucks on just because of that suggestion. You know, of course you wouldn't. But here he thought, okay, I could back services out that I don't think I'll need. And, you know, my, my spidey senses have really gotten very well-tuned after doing this long enough that I can tell who I'm not going to enjoy working with and it kind of just says danger danger get the heck out of there and don't deal with the person and this person wasn't that he was rude and cursing me out or anything like that you know he's a nice enough guy but just some of the stuff that was said and then finally with the haggling I just said no nah, look uh, this isn't going to work out and best of luck you know and moved on it's not worth it because that one person will take away my energy from all, all my other clients and it's going to hurt them right exactly so that's interesting you said that, and it's only 30 minutes. No, I agree. That's a pretty powerful when you're able to say, yeah, this is not going to be a good fit, uh, a good client. You know, my boyfriend, is uh, cons he does he does a similar program where it, you lose weight in 30 days, and so the price point's around two grand. Okay. And um, it's it's very intense, and there's no haggling on the price, right? Um, 
and so what happens is like, well, if we, if I just buy the products, because there's products involved, it's going to be like a quarter of the price or whatever. And he's like, yeah, but you're also getting me. Like you're getting me walking you through this process. Yeah, you can go to Whole Foods and buy $200 worth of products. Yeah. That doesn't mean it's going to work for you and it's going yeah. to actually get you the results, right? So uh, buying the product is one thing. Like in our world, buying uh, a Udemy course or how hmm. to find, you know, how to do Google Analytics or whatever is not going to get you the results when I can share with you that process on actually how to get clients. Right? Well, yeah, and the problem is too if you cave for that person, you think, okay, well, I, I need the money. I'm going to take the client on. Oh, it's the worst. I've done yeah, that. You're, you're, they always end up the worst clients uh, ever. Yeah, they, and then you think, how that? Why would I do that? How could I be so stupid? But I also think you're hurting your confidence every time you do it because you're really saying, I don't think I'm good enough to get other people. I got to take this person at a discount. And then it's funny every time I've let someone like that go and let them move on, someone else has come in and taken their place. And then I'm like, thank God I'm not dealing with Mike or Mary or whoever. You know, this person's a much better fit. So you do have to take a trust the process and take a bit of a leap of faith there. Mm-hmm. But it's not worth it. It was the same way you've. I'm sure dealt with that in real estate. Yeah. I would take on the client from hell. Uh, I'd have to work with them for six months. Their house is overpriced by fifty thousand dollars, but it's my fault because the sign is slightly crooked after the spring <laughs> thaw. The sign's down five degree angle different than when it was put up. That's why it's not selling. It's nothing to do with the fact that we've yeah. grossly overpriced it and it stinks and we don't clean the house. It has to do with how the sign's positioned. Right, right. It's like taking, there's no take responsibility of, yeah, this happens all the time. And, you know, there was a client, there's a coach actually that I got on the phone with and uh, I would love to coach with her and her pricing, I'm kind of think, I think it's like six grand a month, something in that space. I would say 4,500 to 5,000. It's pretty high, right? And here's, so here's what happened on the end of the call, right? Of course, she's like, you know, do you want to do this? Or I was like, yeah, I want to do this. And I can't do it. You know, and that, God, that hurt. Like, yeah. I can't do it. You know what I mean? And then there's this, like, piece of me. It's like, oh, I'm, look, you know, I want to coach with her. You know, there's, because I had to say, and on, honestly, like, I can't afford that right now. Right? And then there's this piece of me, like, and I'm not going to, and I told her, I go, I don't, and I'm not asking you for lower your price. Yeah. Because I honor, I honor that, the fact that you are at that price. I honor that. Oh, my God, I honor that. And, like, I yeah. can't do it. So, okay, like I now am inspired to that, you know, and it's a, it's a huge shift when you are in a space of someone's like, this are my pricing and you know that those people have clients and then there's like, I desire to work with this person and then you they can't write the check. I, to me, it's a dishonor to them to go, well, I'm special. I need you to haggle with me. There's like, no, yeah. I honor the fact that you are at that level. I honor that. Yeah. And I would do a disservice to me to ask you to lower the price. Yeah, a big issue that I think a lot of coaches have is they're um, not willing to invest to hire somebody. And they're going around doing right, a lot right. of the free calls with people. So they're doing calls with Heather for 30 minutes, with Mark for 30 minutes, with John for 30 minutes. And then they're trying to cobble together all this free advice and make it work. And it just doesn't work. And then they wonder, well, gee, why isn't anyone hiring me? Well, part of the problem is you're not willing to hire a coach yourself. So you're saying that you don't really believe in the process or you're not willing to invest in yourself. I sent an email out to my list a few weeks ago and I um, basically 
said that those coaches are doing it wrong, the ones that are going for the free advice. And the way that I put it, I said it's it's the same as those um, inventors that created the crazy contraptions before the Wright brothers achieved flight. So you know the ones that had like the crazy wings and yeah. like they're, they're held together by glue and tape and staples and just t- totally dangerous bunch of people died. Well, I said that th- these coaches are the same way. They're trying to cobble together a coaching business just like those crazy contraptions and it's probably not going to fly because it's just a bunch of free advice put together instead of finding a person that can really help you investing in that person investing in yourself really and making it work that way and i think that that's and i don't get me wrong i get what it's like to to build a business on a shoestring because when i started coaching i was on a dental floss string not even a shoestring right but but there were parts like it really hurt my first couple people i hired to help me with my business i was and i think coaching should hurt because then it made sure I was invested and I worked my butt off with it. If it was 20 bucks, I wouldn't have probably treated it as serious. But if you're not willing to invest in yourself, why the heck would anyone else invest with you? You don't have that confidence and you don't have that belief in coaching yourself. Well, if you don't invest in yourself, how can someone, anyone invest in you? I have, I have a coach. I've had a coach for five years. I had before that I had a coach for seven years. I've always had a coach. People ask me that. Why is that? And I have tons of mentors, but mentors are different to me. Mentors could be someone who's passed away. Like Jim Rohn is no longer with us, uh, but he's a mentor. He's a different. There's a distinction between mentor to me and coach. But a coach is someone who I have a conversation with. Like it's my my coach, right? So they have invested in me and having me win. Uh, but let me ask you this about group coaching. Let's talk about that. Mm. Do you, I don't know if you have a group coaching program or not. Yep. Yeah. So do you think that in the world of a coaching business, people should start? Coaches should start with one-on-one first and then group or group and then one-on-one. Like, what do you think of that? Well, I think, uh, first of all, I started with one-on-one and then I added group. But if I could go back in time, I would have added group to my uh, menu a lot sooner. Why is that? Well, because I think that you um, shorten your learning curve for one, you you really improve as a coach when because you're suddenly well take my group for example I coach uh, I work with five clients at a time on Zoom you know video conference for my group so every hour that I'm spending there is really like five hours if it was one on one because I got five people at the same time. And it just really it, it improved my confidence so much, and it just improved my skills. It helped my content creation because I had all these extra stories and examples and strategies that came out of those group things. But a lot of coaches are thinking, "Oh no, I can't do group yet. I'm going to wait another year or two years. I just can't possibly do it." And I think that's the wrong way to look at it. I think you have to jump in and do it. So one on one is your. Uh, I think best and quickest path to revenue when you get started. But I think that you should look at bringing group in a lot sooner than you're probably thinking of as a new coach. It's not and not a lot harder. I think people think that it's going to be like you're a warden in a jail or something and you got a bunch of inmates, you know, spitting and stuff, you know, doing group coaching is not, you know. And, and the other thing is it gives you a lower price point. If someone can't afford your one-on-one, it helps you keep your one-on-one prices up because then you can pull that out of your back pocket. Well, look, you can't do one-on-one. Good news. I've got a group thing coming up. It's going to be 50% of this. And then we can still work together. So it's kind of win-win all the way around. Yeah. So what's your group coaching uh, pricing now? Can you discuss that? Yeah, my group, my group, well, first, I mean, pretty open as we record this, my one-on-one for 12 weeks is what I do. So three months is my 
main package for one-on-one and for group. So my one-on-one is 6000 for three months, but I'm only working with usually five people at a time as my goal. I don't need to get 20 or 30 clients. You know, I couldn't handle right. that for one-on-one anyways. My group, I just bumped up earlier. Well, the last year, it's been 1500 um, for uh, f- up to five coaches. And I realized I was doing a lot more a lot of work for 1500 and I had to bring it up closer to the one-on-one, you know, even though there's not quite as much direct support because it's not one-on-one, still there's a bit too much of a gap there. So the group's 2000 as we're recording this now and I'll probably bump it up, you know, every six months I'll reevaluate it, but those are my price points. And then I've got my online programs that are 497, you know, for do it yourself and, and people can get help from me that way. So I have a, just a couple ways that really people can work with me. I don't have 20 different options. Then gets really confusing. I think think if there's too many options, it's it's confusing. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's a 497 price point, uh, 2000. For the 2000 group coaching, is that every month? Is that every 12 weeks? What is that? No, uh, the way I do it is I do it once a week for an hour, same time, same day every week. Uh, so we do it for 12 weeks and uh, there is email support in between, but I can't be hopping on Skype, you know, every day with them because it's a group program. So my one-on-one's a little different. Um, I mean, I was going to ask you if you edit the show. I know my brother edits the show and, and yeah. his team. So, by so the way, I, his brother edits my show. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, Matt. And hey, hey Amy Matt. And his, his team. So Matt will kill me, So, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit candid here. With sure. one-on-ones, I've told, um, depending on the client, if I can joke around with them and if they have that sense of humor, I tell them, uh, if you wake up at 3 a.m. and there's a dead hooker in the bed, give me a call. <laughs> I <know>? love that. <laughs> Well, that's and, true. Like that's the kind of coach you want. You want someone in your partner, corner. I'm a partner with them now. I'm happy to report that nobody has woken up with okay, a dead hooker, and uh, or at least that I can tell you about. We'll get into that on a future chat. But no, uh, nobody's done that yet. But what my point is is, hey, one on one, we're business partners. I tr- treat it re- really seriously, and don't hesitate reaching out. Don't wait in between calls if there's an issue. Reach out to me and, and talk. But the group, I can't do that because if there's five people in uh, every group and they're reaching out to me every single day to hop on Skype and everything else, and it pretty soon. It's not group. It's really one-on-one. So I did have to get a little bit stricter and enforce boundaries because when I first started doing group programs, it almost became a hybrid where people in the group would reach out and then I would feel, well, okay, they've invested in the group thing. So, you know, if they need to hop on Skype for 15 minutes, we'll do that. Well, you can't do it because then it's not fair to your one-on-one. So you have to make sure that you've got the rules in place when you do it. But I'm a big fan of group as long as you can keep those boundaries. Do they for the, so for two thousand dollars? This is really great. I love this. I love business model conversations. I love it. I don't know why. So if you're bored, I'm so sorry. But I love business model conversations because when you understand a business model uh, and the one that's working for somebody else, you can like you can go, okay, I can like do that. There's some structure. Yeah. So two thousand dollars. Someone pays right now. Boom, two thousand dollars. Do they get that group coaching for twelve weeks, or is that every single like what's the how yeah, much does that get? Twelve weeks. Twelve weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. So now, twelve weeks. Now, yeah. is it on, is it on? Is it like a class, like open in, like class one, class two, or is it like just ongoing? I mean, you can set it up any way. The way I do it for yeah. my own group is we have a group starting. Okay, next, uh, you know, whatever the next month, the middle of the month's our first call, and then it'll, you have to commit by then, and that's when we do it. So those group ones are more okay. You commit to it, and then it's the same five people and the same time, same day every week. I know other people do group things set up where they do, you know, the large group calls. People can jump in at any time. So you might have someone that's been in it for ten weeks and someone that's been in it for two weeks there. 
they're minor small groups where they get to know each other real well because it's the same people. Not to say I won't do it other ways, but right now as we're chatting, that's how I do them. So Okay, but no, the thing is I like that because we as human beings are used to this thing called school. You know, yeah. and school starts day one. And then we have day two and we all go together. You know, we're, we're programmed yeah. since kindergarten and up, right? Preschool probably, kindergarten up and then in college. Mm. It's not like it's ongoing rolling enrollment or whatever. Yeah. So uh, I really like that. I think we're trained as human beings that way versus like hopping in and whatever, you know. So I really like that. So this is so great. Oh, my God. I'm getting so much juice out of this. Uh, mainly because I've been in the information marketing business and online business for so long marketing, what I call Here's what I call it. Excuse my language. Hardcore, like it's burr, burr, burr. <laughs> it's hardcore selling. Burr, 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 burr. Um, you know, there's no, there's no connection, right? So as far as a coach and the podcasting, has been kind of a new space for me to kind of sit back and go, oh, I want to connect with people and connect with them on, you know, my 15 years of marketing and online and how. Uh, you know, I'm open now to coaching people because for a long time I wasn't. People would ask me, "Coach, I'm like, I'm out. No, hmm. no, no, no." Mainly because I was focused on my business, but at the same time, I was rebuilding my businesses, and I felt I had no confidence to say, "Oh, well, I had a business and then it failed, and then I had to restart." I didn't have that confidence to go out and say, "Oh, I'm going to teach you how to make money online when I'm like broke." Right. So I had yeah. a hard time with that. Um, and so I didn't. So now that I'm making money online, now I'm out there going, oh, okay, now I want to coach now. Well, how do I make this shift from a hardcore marketing into a conversational selling? And really? I mean, maybe that's wrong. You tell me that was wrong saying that, but it really is more to me a conversational conversation selling and how I can add value to your business or consultant. <laughs> Yeah, and I will say that I don't think anyone is, at least they may not admit it, but I, I don't think anyone's 100% confident when you jump into coaching. You know, there is a little bit of you got to fake it till you make it or at least um, convince yourself that you're worth it. And I've always found that the biggest key, you don't have to convince the marketplace. The, big, the biggest person to convince is the one in the mirror that you're actually worth it. Once you get past that, everything else is a piece of cake. So I found that even with increasing my pricing, uh, last fall I increased my pricing by significantly and my prices were already above industry average so I was thinking oh god am I going to be uh, living in a cardboard box under a bridge somewhere and uh, and it worked out you know but I had to just convince myself no you know what I'm worth it I put a lot into it and I help people and I'm worth every penny and it's worked out so you do have to convince yourself first yeah you've yeah that's true you gotta what do you call uh buy yourself yeah. All right. Exactly. Well, great. well, thank you for this. this. is so awesome. So I kind of want to end it, wrap it up. Um, if you could, again, I'm putting you on the spot, which is great. Thank you for coaching me, by the way. No, no problem. I'll send you the bill. Yeah, we'll no problem. That's fine. Yeah. I'll take it. You can send it to me. <laughs> yeah, you're in Texas, right? I am. You can send yeah. it to me. You can send it to me along with your brother's invoice. Right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, I, yeah, I need to pay his invoice. He just sent it to me yesterday. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Speaking of invoice, I need to pay your brother's invoice. Um, so absolutely. I mean, feel free to send me that bill. I have no problem with that because honestly, I I do value your experience in coaching and uh, selling coaching and building a coaching business. It's very specific. Yeah. It's very different. And I, I value you and your time and your experience. And people don't understand that it's really the experience and what I call the the broken bones and the the um, the, the rough up knees and stuff like that. You've hit the ground. You know, you've you've kind of hit your nose and you figured things out along the way and you want to share that experience so that we don't have to, you know, 
He said, we don't have yeah, to. I threw a lot of spaghetti at the wall <laughs> to see yeah. what would finally stick. And not all of it stuck, but luckily enough did. And then you, you improve. So I think my biggest um, advantage throughout, not just coaching even before in business, but I'm not a perfectionist. I have to have something 10 out of 10. If I can get something that's a 7 out of 10, 7.5 or so, I launch it and then I work on improving it. But so many other people are, think they have to know everything and have it perfect. And, you know, perfect, is, it's impossible to achieve anyways. But if you're a perfectionist, and I think coaching or entrepreneurship probably isn't the right thing for you because it's it's bad combination. Huge bad combination. My next book is called Don't Wait for Perfect. I'm already there. Oh, there we yeah, go. So I'm completely with you. Uh, Dan Sullivan talks about the 80% rule, which is do a project and, and your goal is 80%. Like yeah. your goal is a B, right? Not 90 or 100%. Forget that. Like just focus on doing something like 80%. If you feel like, okay, I did it 80%, you actually are above average as they call it. And exactly. uh, he talked about an entrepreneur. He's the coach of entrepreneurs. He's amazing. Mm. So uh, thank you for this. And I'm probably going to call this podcast Money is an Echo of Value. Can I call it that? Or did you want me to call it something else? Because I absolutely okay. love that. I, I think that's why I titled my episode with Bob, but that's fine. It's not like it's anything that's super, you know, secret or copyright or whatever. I mean, that's a great quote. So yeah, go for it. So what adding value is how you, you know, shift people to connect with you. Connecting is value, you know? And so I, I, I love that what you talked about, it really has helped me. Thank you for coaching me. I didn't, I didn't tell you I was going to do that. And you were, of course you played ball. Thanks. Of course you're amazing. And where can people find you if they want to raise their hand and say, I like this guy. I need to, I need him to coach me. I do that. Well, naturalborncoaches.com. So don't go to newcoachesontheblock.com. <laughs> you won't find me there, but uh, naturalborncoaches.com. I wish right now I, I, I didn't have it set up. I didn't have my mixer set up. I would so be playing that right now. Da, yeah. Da, da, da. Yeah. And then we'll do Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys. Uh, next, oh, my God. Time. You're yeah. bringing me and, up. And, and the sync will be next and month. Sync. <laughs> will you stop? You're making me old. Yeah. And millennial, <laughs> anyone millennials listen to like, what's that? Like, okay, that's like 1950 yeah. song. Thank you so much, Mark, for being on here. Go check him out, naturalborncoaches.com, anytime. And again, this is The Win with Heather Havenwood. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook, when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200 and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. For outside the USA, text SEXY to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Text SEXY to plus one three two three four five seven double two double eight. Long distance charges may apply. Heather wants to hear from you. Questions you want answered on the show. Comments, interview requests. Email media at sexywellsync.com or leave a private voicemail. 51 Boss is me. Again, the number is 512 677 4763. Check out all of Heather's sites. 
heatherhavenwood.com sexybossinc.com e2lab.com datingtriggers.com This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.